Turn to Psalm chapter 3, or Psalm 3. I was at 103, that's the wrong place. Psalm 3 is another psalm of David, and it has a little introduction, a little uh, sentence telling us what was going on, why why and when David wrote Psalm 3. It says, a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Well, David fled from Absalom when his son was uh, rebelling. Rebelling against him, had taken over the capital city, Jerusalem, had uh, convinced several of David's closest friends and advisors to go with him in this work, as well as many, many thousands of people. He, was, he had whole armies that had joined with him in this rebellion. So this is not a, uh, this is not a, a momentary runaway real quick around the corner because your brother's trying to throw something at you, right? This is, this is run for your life and maybe you'll, you'll come out safe in the end. And in this passage, In this psalm, what we see is God using wicked men and their sin to accomplish his own good pleasure, his own goals. This is an amazing thing, that God is able to take the actions and even the intents of the hearts of wicked men and turn them to good. You may remember that Joseph, when he was sold into slavery by his brothers, was years assumed to be dead by his father. And when they were finally reunited, his brothers were scared that he was going to punish them because now he was powerful. He was the second man in charge in the country of Egypt and He was the one who gave them food or decided that they were going to get thrown in jail and die. And he said to his brothers not to worry because although they meant it for evil, God meant it for good. Although his brothers meant it for evil when they sold him into slavery, God accomplished the the salvation of many, many lives. He accomplished a great good through the wicked actions of Joseph's brothers. So we've, we see this kind of thing throughout Scripture. We see it in this psalm as well. And we see David crying out to God for help during a punishment that God has sent to David. So this time of fleeing from Absalom, this time of rebellion on the part of his trusted advisors, his family, his friends, his armies. All of this came as a discipline, a punishment from God. And yet David turns to God during this time. It's a very sweet thing 
And we see God answer David's prayer by rescuing him. So please stand for the reading of God's word from Psalm 3. A psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. O Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no deliverance for him in God, Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. I was crying to the Lord with my voice, and he answered me from his holy mountain, Selah. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have smitten all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people. Selah. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. David deserved this punishment that he was receiving. And God had warned him after his adultery with Bathsheba and murder of her husband Uriah the Hittite that this would happen. God had warned David that this punishment was coming. Years pass before the discipline arrives. And God has warned us that our sins will bear bad fruit in our lives, that there will be consequences, that we will not like it. Sometimes we begin to doubt whether God will actually discipline us or hope that he won't. Hope that he'll just let us sin and that there won't be any consequences. This is a false hope. The reason that God disciplines us when we sin is because he loves us. It's because he loves us. So, do not turn away from God when his discipline comes. David, we see, responds by turning to God when God disciplines him. The temptation that we face is to turn away from him, to say that we don't deserve this, But there's a difference between saying, I don't deserve this when God begins to discipline us and saying, my enemies are wicked and doing wicked things to me. Help me, God. In both of them, we want it to stop, right? We want want it to stop. We want the pain to go away. We want the discipline done. 
And so I encourage you parents, when you discipline your children, to discipline them quickly. (laughs) Get it over with. There's no need to drag out discipline. Don't punish them with emotional manipulation and the sorts of things that go on and on and on. Make it painful, make it quick, and then comfort them, as God does here for David. It's a beautiful thing. David turned to God. How often have we seen this in our own lives, the choice that we face, whether to run to our Heavenly Father or to run away from our Heavenly Father when we see the consequences of our sin upon us. We see this certainly with children, that there are those children who run to their father when they're in trouble, and there are those that run away from their father when they're in trouble. Right? We want to be the kind of people that run to our Father when we're in trouble. This whole concept of God using something for good that is evil is so important for us to recognize because until we understand that He is able to use evil for his own good purposes. We're always going to be confused. We're going to be in these false... We're going to set up these false choices in front of us. You know, either... uh, Either this is good for me, in which case whatever is being done must be good, or it's bad for me and I don't deserve it, and... Therefore, whoever is doing it must be bad. But that's not what we see here. What you see here is you see David receiving from wicked men evil. We see men who deny that there is any salvation from God. We see them rising up against their king, This is rebellion. We see son turning against father. Great wickedness. And yet what? And yet God is the one who sent it. And God is the one who brings it to an end and punishes the wicked. And God uses it for discipline for David, and for many others. And so David does not say, I do not deserve this in this psalm. There are times where David in the psalms will speak of his own innocence. But you don't find David speaking of his own innocence in this psalm, do you? He knows he's not innocent. He knows where this comes from.
And yet he still is able to say, my enemies, the people who are doing this to me, are wicked and are doing wicked things. Lord, save me. David turned to God. And what did he point out? He pointed out that his enemies did not trust in God and did not fear God. Why would he do that? Well, because he's trying to make he's trying to make a case to God. These people need to be punished. And he's trying to make a case <clears throat> for his own salvation. And what is the case for his own salvation? Is it that he's innocent? No, we don't see that. The only case that he makes is that his trust is in God. God, the one who sent this on him. Remember, running to him when you're in trouble or running away from him when you're in trouble. You kids, when you've done something bad and your sin is finding you out, you know, when you get caught in your lie that you told, or when you have secretly been harboring and hiding your bitterness at your brother or your sister or maybe your mom or your dad, and finally that poison comes out of your tongue and you speak it, or maybe only in the tone of your voice or in the flick of your hair, the twist of your shoulder or your eye, and all of a sudden somebody knows your sin. And you realize your sins are finding you out. The consequences are coming. Run to your father. Run to your father. Your earthly father, your heavenly father. Do not turn away. Do not flee. Remember the story of the prodigal son? His sins are finally finding him out. He's out of money. He's out of food. He is in absolute agony and misery. Did he deserve it? Yeah. Yeah, he deserved everything that he was getting. It's just that it was finally coming. And what does he do? He flees to his father. Can you imagine if he had said, I'm still too close to my dad. I just want to get further away from him so I can, so I just don't have to think about this and remember it. What it used to be like there. That would be terrible. What a different story. That story ends with him dead in a gutter. But instead he says, I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to appeal to him. He treats servants better than I'm being treated. I'll just ask him to make me his servant again. Run to your heavenly father. That's what David does here. He runs to his heavenly father. Now you remember what happens when David is out 
running this while this is going on, while he's fleeing from Absalom, there's this guy. This guy who really doesn't like David. <clears throat> and he follows him, follows this small party of people that are faithful, family, and some friends. And he follows them and he's they're walking along and he He's walking along on the hill above them, and he's throwing rocks and dirt down on them. And he's cursing David. And one of, one of David's soldiers said, Shall I lop off his head, Lord? Can I, can I go remove his head, put it where it belongs? And David says what? David says, No. No, this is, this is from the Lord. Let him curse. Now, this is a weird thing, isn't it? Because here he is, he's, he's crying out to God, oh, how my adversaries have increased. Surely this man counts as an adversary, right? Someone who's risen up against him? Yeah, Many are saying of my soul, there's no deliverance for him in God. That's the message. You're finally getting what you deserve, David. And so, you've probably heard the story about the, uh, the guy who is in a flood floating, holding on to a piece of wood. Have you guys heard this story? And I've got a couple of smiles already. The, the guy who's floating on a piece of wood, and he's praying to God to save him, and along comes a couple in a canoe, and they offer him a ride in the canoe, right? Safety. <clears throat> he says, no, I'm trusting God. And, you know, later on, another boat comes and is sent. He, he always declines all of the help that comes. And finally, there's a rescue helicopter hovering over him. And the guy's dropping down with a vest on a, you know, on a cable. And no, no, he sends the helicopter away. No, I'm, I'm trusting God. And then he dies, is the story. And then he can't figure out why God didn't rescue him. And, of course, God had said, says to him in this story, well, I sent you 12 different rescues. Well, now, the, 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 the point of that story is that you have to take into your own hands your salvation when it, when it comes, when, when the opportunity presents itself, right? And, and there's some... There's some truth to the fact that you, you can't just ignore when God sends rescue. You have to, you have to accept it, or you have to, you have to be willing to be saved, right? But there's some tension there between that story and the, the actual happening where, where David is dealing with this guy and here he has the offer of salvation from this enemy. 
One of his soldiers is perfectly willing right now to go and lop off his head. And what does David say? David says, no, I'm trusting in God. That's weird, huh? There are times for us to say, no, I'm trusting in God. And to turn aside from the human help that is offered. The worldly salvation is what we've got to recognize. Okay? David is intent on receiving his salvation from the Lord. And there are times when... uh, what salvation looks like in our eyes and what salvation that comes from God is going to look like, they're they're worlds apart. And so this soldier thinks salvation for David is being free from the torment of this man who's cursing him. And David basically says, no, no, that's not salvation from God. Being free from this miserable creature who's cursing me, that's nothing. What is David after? David is after God's salvation. (laughs) Returning to Jerusalem, returning to being the king. Why? Because, Because... He needs to be king? No, because he believes God's promises to him. What were God's promises to David? That his son would reign forever on the throne in Jerusalem. That's the promise that David is holding on to. That's the salvation that he's holding out for. And so if the problem that you're facing is a flood, and then yeah, a boat or a, a helicopter or any, any old flotation device will do. But if the salvation that you need is freedom from your sin, if the salvation that you're looking for is the blessing of God, then like Jacob, you'll grab on to God and you won't let go until you receive that blessing from him. Even though you know that you're a miserable, lying, crooked jerk of a brother and that you don't deserve any blessing from God, you hold on and you say, God, I flee to you. I come to you, and I'm not letting go until you bless me. David knows the promises of God. He remembers what God has said to him. And so one of the things that he does is he points out that his enemies are people who are denying those promises, who are calling God a liar. 
And this is why David looks to the Lord for salvation, for his refuge. Because David isn't going to be the one to prove that God is true. God is going to be the one to prove that God is true. And so what does David do? He cries out to the Lord. I was interviewing a young boy for membership one time with another elder pastor. When we asked him what it means to be a Christian, he said it means you sing. And I looked at him and I looked at my fellow elder who was interviewing him and We asked him to explain further. And he said, well, I mean, you don't just, you don't just sort of mumble along with the songs. You, you sing out loud. That's what it means to be a Christian. And actually, I think he might be onto something. Despite his, confusion, lack of understanding, or at least lack of ability to, uh, to explain if there, was, if there was deeper understanding there, we weren't able to really get through to it, all right? But, but he was on to something. He understood that if you believe the promises of God, they're worth declaring Right? It's worth crying out to him. And so you've got these, you've got him saying, I, I cry, I was crying to the Lord with my voice. Don't be too proud to pray out loud. Don't be one of these people that always prays silently in your head to the Lord. Cry out with your voice like David. And don't be too proud to sing his praises, to sing his promises. They're wonderful. If they're true, how could they be mumbled? We also see David inserting in this psalm three times the word selah. And we don't know what the word selah means. There's there's different ideas of, of what exactly the psalmist is trying to convey with it, but it, it appears to be some sort of instruction in, about how the song, the psalm, is to be sung and or performed. So it might be that it refers to some sort of harmonizing that's supposed to happen then. It may mean that there's some sort of change in the, in the music right then. It may be that there's a pause then for instrumental portion during the song. But, but what we see is that David cares about how this is sung. He's not content for it to be just something that you rattle through. And so even if you're somebody who sings out loud... Are you just rattling through your songs, not thinking about them? 
the words of God, the words of our praise to him are sweet when they come from our hearts, when they're offered up sacrificially to him with joy, with faith. The enemies of God, the enemies of God's people are always claiming that God can't save, that God won't save. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? The king says, bow down. And if you don't, I'll throw you into the fiery furnace, and I don't care what God you serve, no God can save you from the fiery furnace. And they say, what? They cry out with their voices in declaring that God is able to save them. And that's what David does here in this psalm. He he declares with his voice by crying out, God is my God. He will save. And so, God saves his people. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood in the fire and were untouched. Who else said that God can't save? The people standing around the foot of the cross while Jesus was crucified. Let him now come down if the Lord delights in him. Save yourself. He saved others. God raised him up on the third day. When your enemies are God's enemies, you've got nothing to fear because God is on your side. And if they deny that God is God, that God is powerful, that he's able to save with his strong right hand, you cry out to God. You sing. I don't care where you are. Martin Luther talks about the power of singing. That it's such a strong tool that's been given to us from God. He says, you know, I I didn't I should have looked up some quotes, but I mean he he talks about how 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 uh how strong and powerful a weapon it is against Satan and against his accusations. There's nothing Satan hates more than hearing Christians sing. And so he he exhorts his people and he exhorts us still 500 years later to sing. To sing our praises to God. And that's what the Psalms are. They're songs of praise and faith and thanksgiving and joy and lament. So, so sing, sing them to the Lord. You're in the shower, you're in the car, you're in the kitchen, and you're being attacked. 
sing to God. Cry out to Him. And He will rescue. David cried out to the Lord. He he requests. He pleads for God's help. He cries out his faith in God for deliverance. He cries out the Lord's faithfulness. You can sing these same things. It's a wonderful gift to be given these words to repeat. If you believe the words of the songs, think of the Christmas songs, just the two that we've sung, the, the, the last song, I can't remember what our last song is this morning, another Christmas song. <clears throat> Do you believe the words of these songs? Then how can you help but cry out with joy like the angels? The good news that are of the words of these songs is such that when the angels of God are giving it as a message, they don't give it as a message like, oh, by the way, uh, the Messiah was born. Like they're too cool, like they're above all of this. You're not too cool for this. They're angels. These are the, these are the, the creation of God that are holy, sinless, stand in the presence of God, and that every time they show up on earth, they have to say first, don't be afraid. They're too cool for you. They're too holy for you. People always want to fall down and worship them. And how do they respond? Good news! It's good news of great joy! And then they just can't help but start singing. Why? Because God has kept his promise. He has sent the Messiah, the one who he promised, the one that David is looking to here in this passage because he knows God's promises are true. His son will reign forever and ever. He will rescue his people from their sins. What a joyful thing. Here's David suffering the consequences of his sin. Who else are you going to look to but God? He's the one who provides a way of escape from sin. He's the one who destroys the wicked. He's the one who rescues us even from the consequences of our own sin. He's the one who establishes his church, his people. Look at that last verse. Salvation belongs to the Lord. That's why David isn't going to let his soldier go and lop off the head. Salvation belongs to the Lord. That's why David cries out to God. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And then what? Your blessing be upon your people. 
Why? Because David is one of his people. And this is not about David, really. This is about God saving his people. The kingdom of Israel is what's at stake. The kingdom of God, the Lord's people, the church. God has saved a people for himself. And his blessing is upon his people. And so that's why we gather together. And we sing not just alone when, we, when, when it strikes our fancy, but we gather together and we glorify him. We gather together and we give him our praise. We gather together. And because we believe it, we say it. His blessings are upon us. He is the one who brings salvation. Let's pray.